Welcome to This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 24 years. By day, I'm a process analyst in the power industry, and by night, I'm a writer, podcast host, and accountability coach. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had type 1 diabetes for about eight years now. I love hiking and painting, and I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 56 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're talking about what it's like to work a corporate or office job with type 1 diabetes. Many diabetics are worried about disclosing their condition to an employer, but as we'll talk about, that decision is up to you, even though we recommend letting at least your manager know about it. Just a quick reminder for our audience, if you have any questions about type 1 diabetes, please leave us a comment or send an email to colleen at inspiredforward.com. We'll answer listener questions in future episodes. I have the win of the week. And it was really hot in Western Washington earlier this week. So my win is staying hydrated, even though I'm sitting indoors most of the time. We don't have air conditioning. So we have to strategically open and close the windows and the shades to minimize the temperature inside throughout the day. Sometimes I forget to drink water, but I've been good about staying hydrated, which helps keep my blood sugar down. Jesse, what is your fail this week? So my fail this week is that I didn't do very good money managing this week, I would have to say. I went grocery shop, nothing bad. I'm not broke or anything. I've got plenty of savings, still my savings or nothing. I just, I went a little crazy with my best friend. We went to grocery shopping for my mom and then we wound up in the clothing department and I got some very cute things. I have no regrets about my purchases, but I did wish the price was just a little bit smaller. So other than that, I'm going to make the paving back for the groceries and keep my books balanced and everything. But that's just my little fail this week. <laughs> so what's our hack calling? So I think I mentioned this briefly in episode 54, but I recently realized that I can look at my basal history on my tandem T-Slim pump and find out what control IQ basal changes happened in the hour before I woke up. So it actually shows all of the basal IQ history. And if I just click into the basal one, then I can see the control IQ history. And if I click into the basal one, then I can see all the basal changes. And then this lets me make better decisions about what to do before and after unhooking for my shower. Because most of the time, my blood sugar will rise pretty rapidly after unhooking, even if I'm below 100, which is annoying. So just a quick question. Does yours change the, like your carb ratio at all when you eat? The pump does not automatically change my carb ratio. I have it all input. Uh-huh. I think the only things Control IQ wants to keep the same for everybody is the target range of 110, I think, okay. if you're sleeping and 120 if you're awake. But it might be 110 for everybody. That's something okay. I wish I could change. Cool. I just had a question about that, just in, in comparison. Yeah. So a while ago, we did an episode with Jesse talking about working retail with type 1 diabetes. And if you want to go listen to that one, it's episode 19. Today, I'm going to share what it's like working corporate with type 1 diabetes, though I've touched on it several times in previous episodes. Right now, like many 
corporate workers, probably most corporate workers right now. I'm working from home. So this will cover both working in an office and working at home from my perspective. The only non-office job I had was working for a moving company, packing up people's houses. So most of my work experience has been in an office setting. That moving company job was only a 3-month stint in between uh, semesters at college. But when I was applying for jobs after college, it was really no secret that I have type 1 diabetes. I have my volunteer work at Panther Camp on my resume. And that length of time involved with camp, which is 20 years at this point, is kind of a pretty good indicator that I have diabetes. So if any hiring managers didn't pick up on that, then they didn't say so. And it must not have really been an issue. Actually, when I was in the interview process for my current company, I told the recruiter that I would be unavailable the week of Panther Camp. And I told him why. And then he called during camp week and was really accommodating to set up my second interview for the week after instead of that week since you know I was busy. But in any case, my diabetes was not and is not a secret. I briefed the important people on my diabetes. So that includes my manager, my team, and anybody who I would be uh, working closely with. I explained what type 1 diabetes is, how long I've had it, and that I'm well-controlled. I told them what to do in case of an emergency. And that's to call 911. If they uh, can access it, check my CGM. If it's below a certain number, give me sugar. (laughs) And I made it really clear that it's highly unlikely that I would actually pass out from a low blood sugar on the job because I'm not hypo-unaware. And this just means I can feel my lows coming on. A lot of people can't. Uh, And I'm tightly controlled, which means there's a really negligible chance that that my number will drop faster than my CGM can sense it. So just as a question, did you ever come up with like an emergency like packet to give out to your team at all? Like wrote anything down for them? But that's a really good idea. Because that's what my mom did for my sports teams when I was like baby diabetic. So I was just wondering if you did that by any chance. Not for my employer, but I did do that for when I was in high school. I would give all of my teachers like a pack of snacks and and stuff in case I needed it during during class. But I, I'm pretty self-sufficient when I'm in at work. And that's really not something that I should expect my workplace to manage for me. So... Right. No, no, no. I'm just saying like as like... like a, Just like a paper packet on here's what to do and how it oh, works. Oh, like a, like a how-to instruction. Yeah. Manual. That's funny because at, at the moving company job, one of the movers I worked with, he was like, so you, do you come with instructions? I'm like, not really, but you know, here's the basics. So that's a good idea. Giving basically giving your employer an instruction manual. That's a good idea. I remember a conversation with my manager early on when he asked what he should do if he comes over to my cube and I pass out or something. Not that that would happen. And he asked this really nonchalantly. So I found his his humor. It was really dry. It was so refreshing because so many people are very serious about it. And he was just like, "So what do I do if I come over here and you're uh, not awake?" (laughs) I basically told him that he doesn't need to worry about it because I don't think that's going to happen. But if he does want to worry, he is more than more than free to worry on his own. He just should do the things that I mentioned. And also, if you pass out from a high blood sugar at work, which can happen, if you don't have a CGM and you don't want your coworkers to, to accidentally treat you with more sugar, then just tell them, call 911 and then let everybody let the 911 people take care of it. So... It just really depends on your situation and how comfortable you are with letting your uh, your coworkers or your manager be involved with treating you. 
And that'll also probably come up if you have an emergency response team at your at your job site or your your office. My company has an emergency response team, and uh, I guess I don't know if they're first responders, but they would like give first aid to anybody who's injured, but they're not like medically responsible for the patient. So again, it's comfort level, and if you don't want to sue your employer, then just be very careful about what you tell them to do and what not to do. Um, at my job, people are uh, used to me pulling my pump out or eating Smarties in meetings. <laughs> my manager will joke about me shooting up sugar <laughs> when I have to pull out a roll in the middle of a meeting. Or if I have to go back to my desk really fast during a meeting, like leave the room just to get one if I don't have one with me and my number is dropping. Sometimes he'll ask if everything's okay when I pull out my pump and fiddle with it or if it beeps and vibrates enough to attract attention because that sometimes happens. If I'm in a bigger meeting, then I will try to muffle any beeps out of courtesy. I'll just like like shove it into my body and like hunch over a little bit <laughs> just to muffle it. And at my uh, cube, so my, I have a cubicle at my office. Um, I ha- also have a whiteboard. And on that whiteboard, I have, I have type 1 diabetes written right on there. It's a conversation starter, if nothing else. And I also set out podcast cards. So we have podcast business cards. So I set those out uh, just for coworkers to take if they want to. And like I said, it's probably one of the most well-known things about me at my company other than my skills with Smartsheet, which is a completely separate and not even related conversation. So you can get accommodations at your workplace for type 1 diabetes, but only if you tell them you have it. Because it's a private medical condition, you are 100% within your rights to keep that information to yourself and they can't ask about it. But in my experience, it makes way more sense to let as many people as possible know about my condition because if an emergency happens, I want them to know what to do and how to help me if I can't help myself. It always baffles me when people are self-conscious about it and hide it from everyone. I understand not wanting to be seen as different, but there is no such thing as normal. Everyone has something to deal with and ours just happens to involve a non-functioning pancreas. Not a big deal. So JDRF says this about disclosing your condition to your employer. As long as your job does not affect the safety of others, your medical information is confidential and the decision to share is up to you. It might make sense to communicate the details of your condition, especially if you need to make some accommodations to your work situation to help manage your diabetes, such as ensuring meal breaks. Disclosure to your employer may also be necessary if it may affect your personal safety and or that of others around you, like in the case of a construction worker, for example. But since this episode is about corporate work in an office setting, it's unlikely that your work will directly affect someone's safety. Now, my company is in the power industry, which means that we sometimes travel to power plants. And those are situations in which I would want to tell the plant staff that I have type 1 diabetes, and then go through the whole spiel about what to do in an emergency and reassure them that I am well-controlled and they shouldn't have to worry about it. If you don't want to worry about people giving you weird looks when you fiddle with your pump or your PDM for your Omnipod or a pen or to ask why you're toting around a handful of low snacks or even have people talking behind your back about you, wondering maybe why you go to the bathroom so much, even if it's just to inject your insulin or to check your blood sugar, then just tell them you have type 1 diabetes. It's not a big deal. I don't believe it's anything to be ashamed about because it's not like we did something that made us get it and there's no cure. If you don't want to tell everyone, then choose one or two people you can trust and tell them what to do in case of an emergency. Well, I don't have glucagon at my office. It's a good idea if you're worried about severe lows on the job. 
If you do bring glucagon to your workplace, make sure that you tell someone how to use it. If it's the kind that needs to be refrigerated, make sure that it's not going to be thrown away when the facilities staff goes through and cleans out the refrigerator after people leave stuff in there for months at a time because that has happened. I think there are some uh, shelf-stable glucagons out there now, including Baxemi, which is the nasal glucagon. So you don't need to refrigerate that one. And that one you can probably just keep at your desk. One other thing, when people, when you also clean out your desk or when your office managers clean out your desk and they see like little pods or coworkers come up and ask about the needles in your desk or, you know, whatever, just let them know that you're type 1 diabetic and that you use these things to help keep, help keep you safe rather than letting their imaginations go kind of crazy. Our, my job just cleaned out our office, our little like break room area. And I had to pull a bunch of diabetic supplies out when I was at lunch. That actually reminds me that it's, I wanted to mention, I do have a, well, when I'm in the office, because right now I'm not in the office. When I am in the office, I have a little extra supplies kit. So I just have a site change and I have a sensor change. And I also keep a vial of insulin at work with me. So just in case anything goes awry when I'm at the office and I have to change really fast than I can. So I highly recommend that regardless of who you choose to tell, that you tell your manager no matter what. This person is responsible for you and will want to know about anything that could affect your ability to work. Be prepared to answer any questions he or she might have about how your diabetes may affect your job performance. For me, I told my manager that if my blood sugar is low, I will have to stop everything that I'm doing to correct it and then wait a few minutes just for it to come up. Because my ability to focus and execute my work is drastically lowered when I'm suffering a severe hypo. And for me, if I'm below 70 MGDL, I can feel it and I have to take a break from working in order to treat it. For highs, I'll feel sick and I will work at a slower pace and I'll have to avoid any work that requires a lot of thought until my number comes back down to normal. And for me, I start feeling high around 150, 160. But if I'm in like the 200s, I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break, you know, drink some water, maybe close my eyes for five minutes. JDRF also provides some tips on what to ask for if you do ask for accommodations. This includes breaks throughout your, di- your workday to check blood glucose levels, eat a snack, take medication, inject insulin, or go to the bathroom, a place to rest if needed, and to test your blood glucose and inject insulin, the ability to keep diabetes supplies and food nearby, which ties into my comment about keeping supplies at work with me. I also have a you know, stash of Smarties at work. You can also get time off for doctor's appointments. Uh, the ability to work from home or set up a modified work schedule, Uh, permission to use a chair or stool if you have a neuropathy, which is a nerve disorder, and or if you're in a job that requires standing. For corporate, you're usually sitting at a a desk or at a cubicle. Um, At my cubicle, I do have a footrest, so it props my feet up a little bit and it makes sitting a lot more comfortable. I I do know there are some permanently standing desks and I do have a a sit-stand desk at work, but I don't have one at my home office right now. You could also get a large screen computer monitor or other assistive device if you have retinopathy, which is an eye disorder. So my company is super flexible and accommodating anyway. And though I never formally asked for these accommodations, kind of have most of them anyway. I schedule all my doctor's appointments in the afternoons after work or on weekends because my endo was amazing and she does Saturday appointments once a month during the school year. I'm not positive how many corporate offices operate on a shift schedule. But shift work is brutal on the body, even when you don't have type 1 diabetes. 
So if you do shift work, be aware that it will affect your blood sugars and talk to your doctor about a management plan and to your employer about accommodations like a regular shift and prearranged breaks. So through all of that, Jessie was like super nodding her head about the shift work. Do you have something to add here? So I can just say when we, when I first started working at Coastal, I was super pumped and super happy. And then I got into routine going after work, your hour, you got home by nine, you ate something, you went to bed, or I brought my dinner with me to school and then to work. But then we changed our hours for COVID and that kind of screwed up. Like when I got home, when my blood sugars were like, I noticed that now I go low at like a certain time of the day. If I don't eat carbs, like I will go low carb or I'll go carb free or I'll wean it off even for like a week at a time. And I'll still just go constantly low at one specific time a day if I'm doing an opening shift. But if I'm doing a closing shift, it does the same thing at a different time. And so it just, and that never used to happen before. So it, it's <laughs> quite that sounds interesting. Like, that sounds like you need to adjust your basal profiles. I'm not sure. I, uh, I've i been talking, talking to my doctor about it though, and she knows about it. So we've got a plan on what I'm doing to fix it or what I'm doing to kind of change that a little bit. So I'm working on it. <laughs> also, they changed our lunches. So sometimes I have to go to lunch at three and I get there at 10 and then I get home and I eat at six thirty seven o'clock which just it just don't like it I don't like it that sounds like uh might be perfect for intermittent fasting though yeah uh, well speaking of food <laughs> probably the best way to keep your blood sugars under control at work is by bringing your own food from home you know if you have a break room where you can store it and then also heat it up uh, if you do eat the free break room food or get stuff from the vending machine, DoorDash, or go out to a restaurant, it's really easy to lose track of how much sugar you're eating and then experience a lot of high blood sugars. And high blood sugars always come with a crash back to low. Sometimes if I'm at work and I see my blood sugar going up after eating and it's not coming down with the insulin, then I'll, I will go on a walk around the block just to help the insulin work. That's another accommodation you can ask for if it's important to you. Another really good reason to tell your coworkers and a manager about your type 1 diabetes is that you'll probably find out that they know very little about it or that what they do know is wildly inaccurate. And this is a really great opportunity to educate about type 1 and why it's different from type 2. It's one of my favorite things about telling people I have it because I get the opportunity to raise awareness for type 1 and break the stereotype that everyone with diabetes is type 2. Now, Beyond Type 1 has a handy summary of the do's and don'ts for employers. As a person with Type 1, you're protected under several laws in the United States from discrimination on the job. It's important to get a clear overview of how you are protected so that you can make sure you're being treated fairly and equally. Now, an employer is not allowed to fail to hire or promote you because of your Type 1. They're also not allowed to terminate you because of your Type 1 unless you pose a direct threat. And that's in quotes. So it's very specific wording. Probably have to talk to an employment lawyer if you want more information about that one. An employer must provide you with reasonable accommodations that help you perform the essential functions of your job. And they must not discriminate with regard to employer-provided health insurance. That's important. There's no law that requires you to disclose your diabetes and employers aren't allowed to ask about your medical background before offering you a job. 
even if you choose to disclose your diabetes to your employer, your employer is required to keep that information confidential. Whether or not you talk about your diabetes is up to you. However, if your employer doesn't know about your diabetes, you may have a hard time proving discrimination based on your condition in the future. Before you accept a position, consider the health insurance coverage and benefits that will be given to you. Job-based health plans will have a summary of benefits and coverage, otherwise known as an SBC, that will include information on the plan's coverage and the cost, like deductibles and out-of-pocket limits. Also premiums. Premiums are premiums go up every year. Your health insurance should give you an SBC when you first enroll and at the beginning of each year. Different employers, depending on size and preference in insurance plans, will cover you in separate but similar ways. And comparing different SBCs can be a helpful way to compare various health plans. Also be aware that sometimes companies will negotiate new contracts with insurance companies and insurance companies will constantly be negotiating new contracts with drug suppliers, which means that at some point you may encounter non-medical switching. And we did an episode on that. So if you ever feel uncomfortable, discriminated, or wrongly terminated because of diabetes, you have a variety of options to stand up for yourself. You're protected from workplace discrimination under both federal and state laws. And this is in the U.S. So both federal and state laws in the U.S. offer protection from workplace discrimination. And those include the Americans with Disabilities Act, which applies to private employers, labor unions, and employment agencies with uh, 15 or more employees, and a state and local government. It also includes the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, which generally covers employees who work for the executive branch of the federal government or for any employer that receives federal money. It includes the Congressional Accountability Act, which covers employees of Congress and most legislative branch agencies. And then all states have their own anti-discrimination laws and agencies responsible for enforcing those laws. Some state anti-discrimination laws provide more comprehensive protection than the federal laws do. So... Now, because most corporate employees are working from home because of COVID-19, I am also working from home. Not much has actually changed in terms of my diabetes care. I still take breaks when I need to. Uh, I treat my lows on camera sometimes if I'm on a video call. I will just mute myself to cover the crinkles of opening a roll of Smarties. And then I end the workday by going on a one-mile walk with my husband around the park near, near our apartment. I find it easier to prepare fresher food. Uh, since right now I'm eating a lot of salad, I can cook the chicken right before I put it in the salad instead of reheating it or eating it cold. So that's nice. Working from home also reduces stress levels from commuting and in-office politics, believe it or not. I've noticed that uh, my blood sugars are more predictable when I'm working from home than when I go into the office. But I don't know if that's correlation or causation. The biggest downside is that I don't see my coworkers or my manager in person every day but half of my team is remote to begin with. And with the pandemic still going on, there are fewer people in the office anyway. I will say that I much prefer working a corporate office job to manual labor. <laughs> like I said at the beginning of the episode, the only non-office job I had was working for a moving company. That was very labor-intensive and it affected my blood sugars a lot. I did not like it, though it was a good experience. Of course, there are many more job types than just corporate or retail. And if you're worried about your rights or your ability to work in any job, please do your research on your job protections as a type 1 diabetic. You can find the resources that we used for this episode in the show notes. Our spotlight this week is on JDRF. Now, JDRF is funding research into three new types of insulin. Drugs that act more authentically like insulin produced by the pancreas in people without type 1 diabetes by working faster, making it to the liver, and being glucose responsive. 
So this includes the ultra-rapid insulin that will lower blood glucose immediately after administration without lingering in the body for hours, ideally working at a similar speed to naturally produce insulin. That would be awesome. There's liver-targeted insulin, which will reach the liver, which is an organ where insulin activity is critically important, but which currently available insulins don't reach it in adequate amounts. And then there's glucose-responsive insulin, also called GRIs or smart insulins, and those would be administered into the body and then activate or deactivate based on the glucose present. That is just so cool. The immediate question that pops into my head for this is, will these insulins work in insulin pumps? Ultra-rapid insulin in particular would be interesting, but pump algorithms would have to change to accommodate reaction times and how long the insulin is active in the body and whether or not it turns on or off based on glucose in the body. JDRF is the leading research institution for type 1 diabetes, and I'm excited to see this research continue in the future. Jesse, what is our question for the audience this week? Okay, so our question for our lovely audience this week is, do you work in a corporate setting with type 1 diabetes? What are your challenges or struggles with managing it or even with talking about, your, talking about it with your coworkers? We'd like to help, so please send us messages or comments or email us. That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 56. That's the number 56. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, please leave us a comment or send an email. You can get straight to our podcast page by going to thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. Do you wish you had support and guidance on how to talk about your diabetes with others? Having a life coach means you have someone dedicated to helping you solve all your problems one week at a time, including becoming more comfortable sharing details about your condition with others. Want to find out if we're a good fit? Schedule a free 60-minute coaching consult at inspiredforward.com coaching. Even if we don't work together, You'll come away with a clear understanding of what you need to do to solve your problems. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward, and our email is Colleen at inspiredforward.com. And I'm on Instagram as at JJ underscore crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, family, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps other people find us. And be sure to listen next week when we talk about intermittent fasting with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.